Good morning, good morning. Welcome to the TD Podcast, episode 7. You know, for week 7, uh, got some cool matchups, but before that, I want to introduce my co-host, David. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing pretty good. Um, another interesting week of football. A lot of interesting storylines. Um, a lot of interesting upsets. Heartbreak. Interesting ways to end games by missing field goals. Uh, Patriots not having a kicker, but the kicker they had last year, 16 of 16 on the season and 8 of 8 and extra points. <clears throat> Steelers apparently cut a guy that you think they should have kept. A lot of stuff's going on. So um, where do you want to start with today? You want to start with recapping the uh, week six a little bit, or you want to start with some topics that we have that we wanted to discuss? Because there's a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. Well, let's, let's go with the recap, and it's like, are the Browns actually better off without Deshaun Watson? Because it seems Maybe. like, because seems like every time he's on the field, he's either causing problems or he's being a drama queen or whatever. So it's crazy. It's like, yeah, I understand. Like the Browns only won because the Forty ers guy missed a field goal and Christian McCaffrey was out. Samuel was out during the game, but still, a win's a win, you know. Like Purdy did his job at the end of the game, drove down the field, got in field goal range. The, Kicker just missed it. It happens, but and the, the sad part is, uh, every I feel so bad. The kicker's entire family was there to watch him play because he's a rookie, I think. Yeah, he is a rookie, and um, he missed two field goals in that game while his family was right there. I mean, sometimes family doesn't doesn't help you play better. Sometimes it makes you nervous. Yeah, and um, especially in big game moments, you know. I mean, yeah, it was a it wasn't a super difficult kick. I mean, it was difficult. I mean, I wouldn't be able to make it, but I mean, it's just I don't know. I feel like he's made that kick before, and. You just missed it, wide right, and Browns went home with the victory, and now there's one less undefeated team in the league, and then right after that happened... The Jets, man, the Jets. So then the Jets ended up beating the Eagles, now there's no undefeated teams left in the league through six weeks, so 6 and zero. that was the mess, that was the, the furthest undefeated teams went, and... That, that's just that, crazy. That, that begs the question... For me as a Patriots fan, this is my hot take of the week. A couple hot takes this week, actually, but my one hot take of the week. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have Zach Wilson than Mac Jones right now. Right this second. Not full career. Not future. Right now. I'd rather have Zach Wilson than Mac Jones. Zach Wilson is playing good football. He almost beat the Chiefs with the best game I've ever seen Zach Wilson play. He beats the Eagles. Hey, just he's just he's just looking good. Let's pull up some of his numbers here real quick. Um, um, I think he's just. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> I think he's just been like playing a little more confident. I mean, he's not throwing for a lot of yards. That that we know. He didn't throw for any touchdowns. Okay, so maybe he didn't have that good of a game versus the Eagles. But you know what he did do? He played well enough to win. That's why I like him. And he didn't turn the ball over. And he didn't either. turn the ball over. He's played well enough to win and didn't turn the ball over. Like Mac Jones is doing neither of those things. He's not playing well enough to win, and he is turning the ball over. I think Mac Jones has the second most interceptions on the season. He does. It's he's tied for second with a bunch of people, but he's still second. I think uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is first with eight. Mac Jones has seven interceptions. He's got a passer rating of seventy-four point four this year. It's not good. It's not good. His, it, it, I don't know. 
I mean, they're still both not good quarterbacks. I'm not sitting here saying Zach Wilson's a good quarterback. Don't confuse my tone. Because Zach Wilson's not a good quarterback. His season passer rating, though, I guess it's a, it's a little bit better than Mac Jones because Mac Jones had one good game, one really good game against the Eagles where he threw for three touchdowns. Uh, Zach Wilson has not done that. But Zach Wilson also didn't play the first game of the year. Or he did play the first game of the year, but he didn't start. He played the first game of the year against the Bills and won somehow. He's done well enough to... to lead, do they have three wins, don't they? Or two wins? I, no, they're three and three. They're three and three because they beat the Broncos. Yeah, the Jets are three so and three. So the dude's been playing... That right there, I know it's not a quarterback stat, wins, losses, but when your quarterback plays well enough to lead you to three wins as opposed to one win, that's the guy I want. Yeah. Now, would he be able to do that on the Patriots? Probably not. Our line's really, really, really bad. But regardless of what you think of Zach Wilson, he's been playing well enough to get that team wins without Aaron Rodgers. He's keeping their head above water, and their playoff hopes are still alive. That's huge, especially because if you've seen, Aaron Rodgers is in shoes and throwing a football now, which I don't... You need to investigate that. Because if you tear, you tear your Achilles, you shouldn't be up this quick in shoes walking around. Uh, some people just heal differently, but he's not like he's... It's not like he's doing drop-back throwing the ball. Passes. No, but he's, he's just walking. Like, yeah. He could probably come back before the season's over if he keeps this up. Oh, he most also, likely. I think he also, knowing Aaron Rodgers, probably did some on FDA-approved surgery to get it, like, speed recovery. Yeah. Which is whatever. But I don't know if that's... I don't know if he's coming back. But all I'm saying is Zach Wilson's done... All, well, he's done what he's needed to do for this team. The defense has really come together and hung on and won games for them, while Zach Wilson doing all he needs to do to win. He's not doing anything spectacular... I, I wouldn't want him... To, just to be clear, I don't want either of those quarterbacks on the Patriots. I want an actual good quarterback on the Patriots. But my point of saying that was, I think Mac Jones might be a bottom three quarter... Bottom two, bottom three, bottom one quarterback in the league. But, Zach Wilson's keeping this team above above water. Their playoff hopes are still alive. They're in third place in the division because the Bills and the Chiefs are both... Uh, Bills and the Dolphins, jeez. Bills and the Dolphins are both killing it. Bills are four and two. And the Dolphins are five and one. And both the Bills and the Dolphins play the Patriots these next two weeks. So they're about to be five and two and six and one. Unless five and two or six and one each, depending on well, I guess the Bills can't be six and one. But Dolphins, if they don't lose this week to the Eagles, they'll be they could be they're gonna be six and one. Uh seven and one after the Patriots game. So yeah, I don't know. I really I, don't know what the point of me bringing that up was. I just think Mac Jones sucks. I think no, the Patriots I, suck. I think I just you see guys like Zach Wilson out there doing just enough to keep your team in the playoffs, and it makes me as a Patriots fan like I didn't think it would ever get this bad. I didn't think it would like even with Matt Patricia, it never unraveled and completely went into the tank. They still f- somehow mustered an eight and nine season, which is a respectable. You don't suck. You're not good. It's right in the middle. You're a decent football team. It's never gotten worse than that. Even Cam Newton won seven games. Now it's we're one and five. It's like I never thought it would get this way. You have guys out there making. You have Joshua Dobbs winning football games 
football game. You have Joshua Dobbs <laughs> winning football game. But he's I, always in them, though. He's always in them every time, and he's on the Cardinals. Like you, the Cardinals and the Patriots and the Bears. And the Cardinals, Patriots, Bears, Giants have the same record. If you told me that beginning of the season, I would have said, wow, all those teams are probably pretty all right. They're probably three and three. Yeah. We're all one and five. It seems like, like, I like your take. I like the Zach Wilson on the Patriots. That would be good, you know, like right now in this situation. It seems like Bill's given up. I think, like, this is going to be his last year. Because I originally thought, like, he was going to try to break Don Chula's all-time win record. But not with this team. Not with Mac Jones. It looks like he's given up. He's going to go to the Cowboys. I don't, it's, it seems like the players don't want to, like, play his style of play no more. Like, for example, when Brady was on the team, they were playing the Belichick way. They were playing to win. You know, they weren't being flashy. They weren't doing this. They were doing their job. Hashtag do your job. Quote, unquote, look at Zach Wilson on the Jets doing what he has to do. He's doing his job. He's not turning the ball over. He's not forcing it. He's not making stupid decisions. He's going out there, throwing the ball where it needs to be, doing the plays, and he's executing them. That's something that a lot of the Patriots players on offense aren't doing. Same thing with the Steelers. They're not executing plays when needed. Same thing with a lot of these teams. Like, look at the Chiefs. They're always executing. Look at the Dolphins. They're always executing. The Eagles always executing. All the great teams in the league can execute plays when needed. And then it, it just shows if you can't do that in the NFL, if you can't execute, you're not going to move the ball. You're not going to get nowhere. You're not going to have momentum, you know? Yeah. If you don't catch the ball when it's right in your damn hands, Devontae Parker, you can't make, you can't move the ball. So while you were on the while you were on that topic of what you were saying, I had something to say about. I want to go back to just remind me. I want to go back to it before because I want to talk about Devontae Parker really quick. But before we move on from the Jets, I want to talk about how much I despise Robert Sala. Not because he's like he's probably a fantastic person. He looks like the nicest guy ever. I hate the. I'm just gonna talk about it now. Every single time, he never claps or smiles or laughs when his team does something good. It's always when, like, the other team misses a field goal. The other team misses a field goal, you'll see him, and it'll just be like, Yeah! It's like, brother. I just, like, at it peaked. It's like, dude, you didn't do shit. Relax. They missed a field goal. Like... And it's not even because they, they didn't, they don't, it's when they miss it, it's not when they miss it because of a good, like, coverage or a good field goal defense, they'll just miss it, and it'll lose his mind, and I'm like, it's so annoying, <laughs> it's so annoying, <clears throat> anyway, uh, before that, uh, I want to talk about Devontae Parker, before we move on, uh, again, we talked about this, uh, David and I talked about this a little bit off air before we started recording, but... So it's not going to be his natural reaction to what Devontae Parker said about his miss, but it still needs to be discussed. He he has the ball in his hands down the sideline on a what everyone, Tony Romo and Jim Nance, coined a perfect pass from Mac Jones, which you don't see almost ever. Or here. Because that man, especially down the sideline, because usually every time he throws to the sideline, it's a pick six, because that dude sucks. But this time it happened to be a great throw. Tony Romo said perfect. I don't know about perfect, but it was yeah, it was pretty damn close to perfect. 
right in Devontae Parker's hands. He led him right, led him perfectly to it. Had to extend his arms over his shoulder. Only person who can catch is Devontae Parker. It hits him right in the palms of his hands. And he just puts it on the ground. After the game, he was asked about it. The reporter goes, so on that, that play down the sideline, what do you think happened uh, uh, on that play? And Devontae Parker goes, what did you see? He looks at the reporter and goes, what did you see? And then the, the reporter goes, well, I saw that you had it in your hands and you dropped the ball. And he goes, it wasn't in my hands. In my fingertip, maybe. Or something like along the lines of that. I'm paraphrasing. I've watched, David and I watched the play. We, we, I, I watched the game live, but we, we rewatched the play. Just to make sure, before we started attacking and quote-unquote attacking, we're not going to like attack him or anything, but we're just going to talk about his play. Before we started shitting on the way that Devontae Parker plays football, we watched the play. It was in his hands! <laughs> he had it! He caught the ball, and he, didn't, and he dropped it. He just completely dropped it. We traded for this man. Yeah, really did. You traded for the man that can't catch a ball, and he was washed up on the Dolphins, and then when you got him, he was even more washed up. In, in that same game that he drops a pass. It's like the next play, too. It's a safety. It's, the it's safety like, next damn. Play. The same game that he drops a pass, Jacoby Myers scores a touchdown against us. Jacoby Myers had a game. Kobe Myers had It's like, a game. what are we doing? Like, if the fan base can see it, why can't Belichick? Jacoby uh, Myers is 12 times the player that current Juju Smith-Schuster is. Jacoby Myers is having a great season. Brian Hoyer shredded our defense. Well, he knows it. You know, he knows what you guys play. It's like the biggest off-season move that you guys didn't do was re-signing Jacoby Myers. He was clearly your number one. He was clearly... The best guy on the field last year. Even if he wasn't, he was the guy who made plays on third down. Yeah, he, he was, was the guy reliable. that made the play on third down. He was always open on third down. He always caught the ball on third down. If that's him down the sideline, he makes that catch. Oh, easy. He probably breaks a tackle and runs it all the way back. It'll be a completely just, different game. I just don't know where to go or what to do from here. As a Patriots fan, like what? As an outsider, I want to hear perspective, because I've talked to a lot of Patriots fans, and we all think that we're screwed, and it, it's over, and Belichick's gone, and I think that maybe if he gets blown out these next two games, it is a serious conversation to be had about letting him go midseason. I think... But as an outsider, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're good. From an outside perspective, as a non-Patriots fan, I really want to hear what you think this team should do, and where this team goes from here. So, seeing like the Patriots, how they're playing... I saw I saw some good things in that Raiders game. I really did. Like a lot of people. Can you tell me what those good things are before you continue your point? Because I didn't see much. I saw Ramondre Stevenson get into the end zone, and I also saw Ezekiel Elliott get into the end zone. Those two plays. That's true. Those two plays at the goal line were good executed plays. Ezekiel Elliott, Elliott and the Wildcat. Takes the ball, gets in the end zone, good. Ramondre Stevenson getting in the end zone, good. Those are the two good things I've seen. That, you got to get that running game going to take pressure off Mac Jones, which I understand it's hard with the offensive line and stuff like that, but those two signs of seeing them score touchdowns, good. You know, builds their confidence up. Maybe they can build off that. Now, Belichick's not going to get fired midseason. All, all that legacy, all the stuff that he's done for that organization, 
if anything, at the end of the season, maybe Kraft goes up to him and goes, hey, I think it's time. And then they'll part ways on his own thing, maybe retire, you know, blah, 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 song and dance, whatever. Mm -hmm. But we're not there yet. So we all know he can't, no trade at the deadline is going to make this team any better. It's just going to make them worse. So there's no point of trading anybody. Like I said last week, maybe if they got like Mike Evans or something, maybe you give well, them a little spark. It's but, too late now. But yeah, like I said, it's like too late. Nothing's going to happen. So all they got to do is just, you know, just try to go. Maybe, maybe it's time for like rebuilding and stuff, you know, like Patriots fans are used to it, you know, before the Bledsoe days, struggles. But I wasn't born. To. I'm not used to it. I know. Sucks but like, ass. Like the older ones, but. After having, like, the 20 great years with Brady and stuff. Yeah, it sucks losing and stuff, but sometimes you just got to rebuild. And I think that's what they're going to do after this season, wherever they hire for a pick or whatever. Maybe they potentially in the running for Caleb Williams. Who knows? But just got to rebuild, you know, just keep playing good, hard football and just moving forward. But Mac's not the guy. They won't extend them. They have to get a good number one receiver. The defense, too, is, like, obviously the two injuries hurt. I feel like they need, like, because Bentley's doing really good. Like, he stepped up big time. They just need another pass rusher besides Judon. They need somebody. Early in the season, that was Keon White. But when Judon went down, now everyone's double-teaming Keon White. The problem was we had Keon White and Judon. So, like, both of them were kind of. Yeah, that's the thing. Now it's like Keon White's a rookie. They need somebody so you can only to step do up. so much now because he's not used to the NFL. We have no no Matt Judon. Our best corners out for the season. J.C. Jackson absolutely blows, absolutely blows. He was he's so bad that we don't even trust him on Devontae Adams. He was on Jacoby Myers. And Jacoby Myers lit him up, lit him up all game. You had him and Miles Bryant on the field at the same time. I'm sorry. I I, I know all the things that you said are are, are good points. I think. I just needed to comment on the J.C. Jackson thing. I, I, I do agree with you. I think we need to rebuild. I don't think there's any other options at this point. New coach, new system, new personnel, new roster, new quarterback. Don't I love Hunter Henry. Don't bring back Hunter Henry. Just start over. Keep Kendrick Bourne. Get a new quarterback. Build around those two. I don't even... I Bourne, Stevenson, new quarterback. New kicker for the love of God. The, the, Draft a kicker in the third or fourth or fifth round, and he absolutely sucks. The the problem is, it's like even in the off season, they like signed Mike Kosicki, and they're not even using him. They're not using him right. They're not using him right at all. It's the one like, time they used him, the one time they used him, Mac Jones underthrew him, and he had to lateral to Cole Strange. Yeah. Mike Kosicki's a good tight end, in my opinion. Mike Kosicki, just... Mike Kosicki could potentially, because last year when he was on the Dolphins, he was potentially what? Well, top five tight end. Well, the problem is Mike Kosicki's very good in the red zone, right? He's a very good red zone tight end. We don't get into the red zone, so yeah. <laughs> we can't use him. We don't get into the red zone. We're we're we have big important game situations in our own at our own four. And we get safeties. That's what we do. You, we give you, we give the other team two points. You need more creativity on offense. It's like, I wouldn't be surprised if... When do you guys have a bye? When's your guys' bye week? I think 10. I don't even know because this team's so frustrating. Because I'm thinking they just 
put Bailey Zappi to the practice squad and they promoted Cunningham. So I'm thinking Cunningham's no gonna finish. Cunningham's gonna finish the season. No way. Um, I think so. Cunningham's He's been used finish. mostly as a. Uh, mostly as a receiver. What? And the internet went down. Okay, well, we can still record this without internet. I just can't. I can't look up when our bye week is. Because I forgot. I think it's week 10, though. I'm, like, pretty sure. <coughs> Cunningham's going to be in. He's going to finish Dude, please. the season. The give me give me anybody. Give me anybody but Mac Jones. If it's Malik Cunningham, it's Malik Cunningham. But I just don't think... I don't know. I don't see him stepping in as the... It's week 11. Okay, I was close. It was close enough. Oh, because we go... So we have Buffalo... Week 7, Miami Week 8, Washington Week 9, Indy Week 10, and we have a bye. That's interesting. Two very winnable games before your yeah, bye. Yeah, two very winnable games that we're going to get our ass kicked in. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not usually this pessimistic, but this team sucks. We're genuinely one of the worst teams in football. Genuinely. Billy, Bill O'Brien should not come back next year. Overrated. Bill Belichick should not come back next year. Steven Belichick better not come back next year. The only coach I want is Gerard Mayo. Keep Gerard Mayo. Make him the head coach. Bring in a good defensive coordinator. Bring in a good offensive coordinator. Or, if you're not going to make Gerard Mayo the head coach, make him the defensive coordinator and bring me a Shanahan guy or a McVay. Someone from the McVay, Andy Reid, or Shanahan tree that knows how to run offense. An offensive coach. I'm so sick and tired of this defensive coach BS that has gotten us nowhere the last four years. It's not... You don't have Tom Brady anymore. <clears throat> I'm sorry. And I've been seeing comments on Instagram about Tom Brady being overrated. Like, this is starting to stir up again. Can we stop? Can we stop? All right? What more? It's like, like, what else does he have to do? I don't understand what else he has to do. He won a Super Bowl at 44 years old. Or 43 I, years old. I was one of those people because since he was on the Patriots, I'm like, oh, this guy's really not that good, blah, blah, blah. But when he left, I'm like, all right. It's... Like, he, he proved himself. <coughs> he proved me wrong. I, I respect Tom Brady. At, at this I, point... Yeah, I'm glad you respect Tom Brady because that's he, ridiculous. He's well, not he, overrated. He's the best quarterback to ever play the game. He might be the best football player to ever play the game. Just want to say that. I wouldn't say best football nah, player. That's where we disagree. I wouldn't say best football player. But. That's where we disagree. But not athletically, just in terms of winning. He's done. I don't know. He's done the most for the sport that I've seen. But here's it's so clear and obvious at this point that it was Brady that Bill Belichick needed Tom Brady way more. Then Tom Brady needed Bill Belichick way more. Bill Belichick is like 15 games under 500 without Brady in his career, counting the Browns years. He's yeah. three games or four games under 500 as a Patriots coach without Tom Brady, yeah. counting the one year he went 11 and five with Matt Castle or 10 and five because technically Brady started the first game. Yeah, that's counting that. So he had one good year, and he was counting the 10 and seven year that Mac Jones had. He sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Tom Brady goes out his first year without Bill Belichick and wins a Super Bowl. By the way, yes, was the team stacked? Yes. The year before that, that team sucked without Brady. People forget that. They had good weapons. But they weren't good without Brady. Brady makes teams better. He makes good players better. He Like, 
Chris Godwin wasn't an elite. I still don't think he's an elite receiver. I don't think he was ever an elite receiver. But that people considered him that. People considered him that. I think Chris Godwin is the most overrated. We're going to talk about this another day. I don't like Chris Godwin. I think Mike Evans is by far the best receiver on that team. But when Grady went there, he made Chris Godwin look like he actually knew how to play football. What's Chris Godwin done this year? He's done nothing. He's done nothing. I mean, he's he's been fine. He's been solid. He's when he's been called upon, but he's not. Do you remember, do you remember, was it just me? Weren't people out here saying that Chris Godwin was an elite receiver, one of the best receivers in the league? Yeah, one time, but I don't think elite. I think they were saying, like, he's, like, one of the, like, they said, like, he should be the number one over Mike Evans. I was going to say, I mean, that's ridiculous. I don't, okay, maybe they weren't saying elite, but there was was serious debate between him and Mike Evans for a while. Yeah. And Mike Evans is so much better. He's I, so much better. I'm sorry. I, I Every time I watch Chris Godwin play, he drops passes like it's nobody's business. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know. Like He's he's good. He's not bad. He doesn't suck. I mean, he, he's overrated. I, I just, he doesn't suck. He's not a bad receiver, but Tom Brady went there and he made him look like he was friggin' prime Jimmy, Jerry Rice. <laughs> like big with Scotty Miller, too. <laughs> he made Scotty Miller look like Wes Welker. Yeah. Dude, I love this one play. I don't want to talk about Brady too much, but this one play... In the uh, NFC Championship game against the Packers to end the half. Oh yeah, Scotty Miller. <laughs> Scotty Miller wheel. burned Kevin King. Uh, Kevin King on the wheel route, and Brady found him deep in the deep in the end zone for a touchdown. I'm like, this is so Packers, so Packers. But anyway, can we stop? Tom Brady's not a, clearly based on how the pa- Patriots look now, and the fact that he won a Super Bowl and should have gone to a second straight with the Bucks if the defense could stop Cooper Cup at the end of the game. And he probably would have beat the Bengals in that Super Bowl if they stopped Cooper Cup. Like, can we stop? It's it's ridiculous now. You're just you're just deflecting your sadness from having to get beat by him too much. Like it's it's clear and obvious he's not overrated. Anyways, let's stop talking about the Patriots. We got pretty much all we needed out. They suck. Rebuild. Everyone gone. Start over. Sell the team. No, I'm just kidding. But no, your interesting point though, like because you said um Chris Godwin is like a little overrated. I f- rather have Chris Godwin over C D Lamb though. Ah, uh, that's ridiculous. No. I'm so sorry. I'm no, so it's sorry. Not. I am so sorry. That is that is absolutely like I respect you and your and your opinions and your takes. Like I love I'm having a lot of fun doing this podcast with you. I'm sorry that might be the most ridiculous take it's I've not, ever heard. It's not ridiculous. It's not ridiculous. I don't I, that's the most ridiculous take I've ever heard out of your well, mouth. Well, the thing is with the difference between Chris Godwin and CeeDee Lamb is Chris Godwin can break tackles after the catch. So CeeDee Lamb's a he's like a wide he's not that kind of receiver. He's fast. So he, he will never be an elite receiver then. Because elite receivers break tackles. I'm not saying Chris Godwin's elite, don't get me wrong. Is I'm not Devontae saying Adams that. elite? Does he break tackles like yeah. that? You, I don't know. His yards after the catch is crazy. His yards after catch, but yeah, but Tyree Hill doesn't break tackles. He's just faster than everyone. Well yeah, he outruns everyone. But he Jalen doesn't, Waddle doesn't break tackles, he's just faster than everyone. Yeah, but he makes people miss. Same thing with DJ Moore. He breaks tackles. Keenan Allen breaks tackles. Oh, I'm not, hang on a second. I'm not saying Keenan Allen's like great. I'm just saying Cooper, Cooper Cup breaks tackles. Cooper Cup's the best receiver in the league when he's healthy. Yeah, Debo Samuels breaks tackles. Justin Jefferson breaks tackles. Jamar Chase even breaks tackles. Hang on a second. I don't know about Jamar Chase breaking tackles like that. I mean, he's definitely broken tackles, but is he known as a tackle-breaking receiver? I don't think so. No, but he's known for... Um, That's like DK Metcalf territory. DK Metcalf breaks tackles. He's massive. Dudes will hit him and they'll just bounce off him and they'll keep running. But you're not out here saying Keenan Allen's better than Oh no, I'm CD just Lamb, are you? No, I'm just okay. saying he like Keenan Allen has better route running. 
than CeeDee Lamb, but the problem is yeah. with him is he can't stay healthy. I'm he, not a Keenan Allen fan. I when he play when he's on the field, he's fine. He's been elite this year. He's been absolutely on fire this year. I'll give him that. And I used to love Keenan Allen. I used to be a huge Keenan Allen fan, and then I picked him in fantasy three years in a row. Hurt, sucked, hurt those three years. I'm like, I'm done. I'm done with Keenan Allen. Best ability is availability. I say that, and I say I also love Cooper Cup. He hasn't been healthy, but when Cooper Cup comes back and puts up 29 fantasy points and 20 fantasy points in back-to-back weeks, he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Like, yeah. <laughs> like if you can come back and look that elite, I mean, whenever Keenan Allen came back from his injuries, he was not good. This year, he's healthy, so he's he's fully healthy, so he's able to play at his potential, but last year when he came back, he was hurt last year a little bit, and when he came back... He just didn't look like Keenan Allen. That's the thing with that Chargers core. One year, one of them's always hurt. Yeah, and it's always Mike Williams. It's always well, it's, Mike it's, Williams. Sometimes it's both. Yeah, but it's usually always Mike Williams. It's always his lag. Keenan Allen's hurt, too. Don't something. sleep. Keenan Allen gets hurt a lot. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. But I think Keenan Allen's actually on the field a little more is, than Mike but... Williams. So, okay, let's go back to the beginning part of that take. You'd rather have Chris Godwin... I'd I rather have a lot of people over C.D. Lamb. Dude, C- I think that's ridiculous. C.D. Lamb is not a number one receiver, and he will never be. I, I think he is. I think Look, he just doesn't have the quarterback. Watching that game, all of his passes, that like he caught all of his targets, I believe, right? But they were all easy throws and catches. Wide open on the sideline, goes out of bounds. Wide open over the middle. So we're going to get on receivers for getting wide open now? No, but he doesn't make plays. It's like if Justin Jefferson caught like caught a post, right? Wide open. Okay, so He's going to take it to the house, right? Most likely, yeah. Yeah. But we're, we're comparing. So I think the difference between number one in the league and number 10 in the league is a little big. But I, I feel like I feel like everybody now has like the bar for elite receivers so low now. It seems like everybody that puts on I a good never, game is elite. I, I don't think I said CeeDee Lamb was elite. No, but I'm There's just only saying, like five elite receivers in no, the league. I'm just saying in general, like a lot of like I heard the other day that somebody was saying like CeeDee Lamb's like one of like one of the best receivers in the league. And he's I'm like, top ten. He, that is one of the best in the league. But he's not elite. I don't, I don't think he's top ten though. I don't know, man. He's better than Terry McLaurin. Uh, Dude, I I'll pull up these I numbers. Don't, I don't think so because if these if the, if these numbers are I, I have to look at them back side by side. Terry McLaurin doesn't do shit. He doesn't score. But he he's doesn't, got 342 and 31 catches this year. But he year. doesn't have the quarterback, you know? Neither does CeeDee Lamb. I mean, he's got a better quarterback than... Okay, I'll give you that. He's got a better quarterback than Terry McLaurin. CeeDee Lamb has been... He's been up and down this year. He's got way more yards and one more catch. He's got 475 and 34. McLaurin has... Where was it? 342 and 31. He has three more catches and more yards. I he, He's got... I. I just think I don't know. Look, but look at his career stats too. If you look at career three eight three uh thirty eight seventy one. Oh, how many years? And twenty one touchdowns. He's played less, one less season. Two less seasons. One two three four seasons, five. He's played one less season, so that's one. McLaurin has one seasons more. He's got one less. Tu- he's got one more touchdown and a full season extra. But McLaurin's also like from McLaurin has a bunch more yards, from, but that's a whole season's worth of yards too. From from twenty from twenty twenty on to now, 
he's averaging a thousand yards. Okay, like th- fair. Th- this season, he has what thirty-one catches for three hundred forty-two yards and one touchdown. <coughs> Bless me, you. Sorry. <coughs> Bless you. Sorry. No, you're good. It's just like listen. I like. I'm not. Also, just before, I'm. I also wanted to make it clear. I also like Terry McLaurin. I do. I like Terry McLaurin. I don't. I think he's a top fifteen receiver. I just don't think. I don't know. I watch them play. I think Ceedee Lamb changes the game plan more than Terry McLaurin does. That's what. That's I, just. I will. I will give you that. I will give you that. CD. Don't get me wrong. CD Lamb has the highest potential, right? CD Lamb has the highest potential out of a lot of receivers, but I don't think he's there yet. He's missing something. He's missing that spark. You know, he's missing it. Because I feel like, what, every every time the Cowboys are playing on offense, it's like the ball's going like to every receiver, which is good. They're spreading the ball around. But it's like they don't have a consistent number one. Like one game, it'll be like Michael Gallup is getting like eight targets, and then like the next game, Michael Gallup will get like one. And that's just how their offense is designed. It's It's just, I don't understand it. It's like... If the Rams play, you know Cooper Cup's going to get at least, like, 10 targets every single game. Like, C.D. Lamb should be getting, like, the same amount of targets, you know, if well, he's that guy. Did you hear what he said at the end of last game? I didn't say. He said what Jamar Chase said. He said, I'm always open, me and Jamar. But he's not. But he, I think he is. If he is open, like you said, the quarterback will get him the ball. I don't, th- we're, what do you think of Dak Prescott? Oh, he's not a top 10 quarterback. He's garbage. So there you go. You just proved my point. But he's also an NFL talent. You know what I mean? So is Mac Jones. Mac Jones wouldn't be able to find him the ball either. Yeah. Well, Mac Jones is not even on that level. He's not even... I mean, (laughs) I don't know what you want me to say. I mean, I just think... Okay, okay, hang on. Terry McLaurin and CeeDee Lamb are about the same player. That's that's where Correct. that's where they are. But I'm not saying Terry McLaurin is a top ten either. But you're saying Chris Godwin is. Either you're saying Chris Godwin is, or you're I'm saying s- that CeeDee Lamb's not close. I'm which saying is I'm saying Chris Godwin is better than CeeDee Lamb, but all three of those receivers are not top ten. You know what I'm saying? I don't know about that. I I have CeeDee Lamb at ten exactly. I don't. I don't think. I don't think either of those three are top ten. This is in no particular order. Justin Jefferson, Mike Evans, Stephon Diggs. I can't think of a single receiver. Cooper, Cooper Cup, Cup, Devontae uh, Adams, Devontae Adams, Jamar Ty- Chase, Tyree Kill, Jamar Chase. We're at seven, and it's getting hard now. DK Metcalf. I think that's where that's where he is. Did we say Debo Samuel already? I think CeeDee Lamb is better than Debo Samuel. He gets used out of the run game a lot. But I'll give you Debo Samuel. So now we're at 8. 8, 9, 10. This is where Metcalf, Samuel, this is where CeeDee Lamb is. He's in with those guys. There's no way he's not. DJ Moore. I don't think DJ Moore is not better than CeeDee Lamb. DJ Moore has had one good season, really. And I I like DJ Moore. But DJ Moore has not been good this year. Except for that one game that he had. Those two games in a row he had. So maybe he has been pretty good. He had, he's had two really good games this year. But before those two games, he had 25 yards on two catches. Then he had that big six, 404. Then he had three on 41. And then he had those two big games. And then he had a pretty a, a game that last week, five and 51. Not bad. I like DJ Moore. 
again, okay, I'll give you. I, I'm not gonna give you DJ Moore as better than CD Lamb. They're the same kind of player. Those are the, that's where CD Lamb falls for me. I don't know. I'm not gonna lie though. DJ Moore's career numbers are a little better than I thought they were. Um, he's got 1,100 yards three times, almost 1,200 one year. I like DJ Moore. I, I never said he was bad. I never thought he was bad. I just he again top 15, not quite top 10. That's where I have DJ Moore. That's where I have. That's not where I have Chris Godwin, but that's where I have C. I have C. D. Lamb just inside the top ten. It's right eight, right? I gave you Debo Samuel, Amon Ross, St. Brown. I I like St. Brown, but I wouldn't say he's better than C. D. Lamb. He's still young, you know what I mean. And so is C. D. Lamb. Oh, C. D. Lamb's Mike, twenty-four. Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is not better than C. D. Lamb. Yeah, he is. He runs a slant, and he, dude, Michael Thomas has been terrible. Well, he's been hurt. Michael Thomas is good. Not anymore, he's not. He's not better than CeeDee Lamb now. He had these four seasons where he was elite. Absolutely the best receiver in the and league. Then, and then injuries, injuries, injuries. He's not been hurt this year. Not yet. No, he's just not good. <laughs> <laughs> he's just not good this year. He's been solid. He's not better than CeeDee Lamb anymore. Come on. Come on. Chris Olave. Oh, A.J. Brown. Did we say A.J. Brown? A.J. Brown. I'll give you A.J. Brown and then have CeeDee Lamb at 10. That's where I have him. I just have him in that tier. I have him with those guys. Now, of those ten, the elite ones, Stephon Diggs, there's Justin only, Jefferson, Devontae Adams, them. There's Cooper only five Cup, of them. and Jamar Chase. Those five. Which ones did you say? Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Stephon Diggs. I forgot who the last You said was. Adams, right? And Devontae Adams. Where's Tyreek Hill? Tyreek Hill has to replace Shin. one of those people. Then there's six. Because those no. are all elite receivers. Who is he replacing? Stephon Diggs? I'll give you that. Tyreek Hill over Stephon Diggs. And Stephon Diggs that's is what six I was then. Say. Okay, then okay, I'll give you that. I thought Stephon uh, Diggs is good, dude. The, he's yeah. The the problem is, I think Tyreek Hill is the best wide receiver in the NFL right now. You do? Hands down. He's not even close. The second second is Cooper Cup. Second Cooper Cup played Cooper two Cup. games. I know, but when Cooper Cup's out there, like, dude, you know the ball's going to Cooper Cup. Justin and you still Jefferson's can't stop three? Him. Yeah, and I'm a big Justin Jefferson fan. That's crazy. I have Justin Jefferson at one because... So my thing with Tyreek Hill is Tyreek Hill is clearly... He's obviously one of the best receivers. But if he wasn't as fast... Ob- I mean, I feel like that's an obvious thing to say. But I just feel like he relies so much on his speed. Where, like, Justin Jefferson relies on his route running and, and stuff a little bit more. No, but well, the, well, like Tyreek Hill has great hands. He doesn't drop the ball at all, usually. Which a lot of the elite receivers don't. Excuse me, but uh, I will give no. you this about CD Lamb. He does drop a lot. That that's that's the thing. It's like, but Tyree Kill. The fact that when he left the Chiefs, everybody was like, "Oh, is Mahomes gonna suck? Oh, is Tyree Kill gonna suck? What's gonna happen?" Well, neither of them each sucked. <laughs> yeah, neither of them sucked after that. Mahomes threw like over like fifty touchdowns that year, and like Tyree Kill had a. A career year, I believe. Did he throw for 50 touchdowns, Mahomes? That year? I believe so. Because he won MVP. That was last year, right? Was that last year? Yeah, I don't think he threw for 50 touchdowns. That would be insane. 41. That's damn close. Holy shnikes. That's damn close. 2018, he threw for 50. Oh, he threw for 5,000 yards. He threw for his career high in yards, though. 52-50. That's crazy. Holy shit. I didn't realize he threw for that many yards without Tyree Kill. I knew he had a great season, obviously, and he was the MVP. I knew I just, 52-50 is kind of a lot. 
No, but yeah, it's like that's why I have Tyreek Hill number one, like in the league right now. I can't really dispute that. I feel like I feel like you can put him on any team. I don't know how I forgot about Tyreek Hill when I said that. You can you can put Tyreek Hill on any team and he makes them already like better. You're right. Like, hands down, which you can put all those other receivers on other just, teams and make them better, too. I just don't know how you can... Maybe there's six, because I feel like Stephon Diggs is elite, too. There might be six. I mean, I watched Stephon Diggs play, and that Bills team, just they rely on him so much. Yeah, but I still, like, I always think there's five. If anything, right, this is going to be a hot take, too. I would put Stephon Diggs over Devontae Adams. I don't know about that one. That's just my hot take because I feel like Stephon Diggs is more needed in his team's offense than Devontae Adams. Oh, Devontae is. Adams needed in his offense. The problem is he just doesn't have the quarterback. That's why. When he had the quarterback, he was the best receiver in the league. Oh, consistently. hands down. Consistently, he was the best receiver in the league with uh, on the Packers. And he's had no quarterback. He's had Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo. And I like Jimmy Garoppolo, but, you know, it's going from Aaron Rodgers to Jimmy Garoppolo is like, okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's the difference between – that's the only reason – he hasn't been as productive. If you look at his per game and like per target numbers, it's pretty consistent to what he was on the Packers. He just doesn't they can't get him the ball as much. They're not as good as quarterbacks. Um But I like Stephon Diggs, dude. I can't I had Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams. Is Diggs better than Chase? I'll give you that. Is Diggs better than one. Chase? Because I I know, I know Jamar Chase one. is really good. I like Jamar Chase a lot. I don't know what it is. I I see. I feel I feel gross doing that. I feel gross doing that because Jamar Chase is so damn but, good. But that seems more understandable because like they have the a lot of ones. weapons. But I just I, Stephon. I feel gross leaving Stephon Diggs off, and I feel gross leaving Jamar Chase off. So I'll keep Stephon Diggs at six, just because. I keep Stephon Diggs at six. Okay, I'm still getting C.D. Lamb at ten, though. I'm sorry, I'm still keeping him top ten. I mean, you can te- you can have your Chris Godwin. If you want Chris Godwin, and I get to keep C.D. Lamb. You have Chris Godwin. You take him. I'm not saying Chris Godwin's like ten, but I'm saying Chris Godwin's like better than C.D. Lamb. Yeah, no, I don't. That's I don't what agree. I'm saying, but I just don't agree. I don't think we're gonna agree on that one. Well, that's all right. But that was, you know, what are you gonna do? I think. I don't think DJ Moore is better either, and I don't think McLaurin's better. I think McLaurin, C.D. Lamb, and DJ Moore are like in the same category of receiver. They're right on the cusp of being elite, but they're not quite elite. But they're all just undisputed wide receiver ones, in my opinion. Um, problem is, if Terry McLaurin had a good receiver, he'd probably be the best receiver in the league. If good receiver, if he had a good quarterback, he'd probably be the best receiver in the league. Like he's very talented. That that's the thing when like DeAndre Hopkins was on like the Texans, he was like so elite with garbage quarterbacks like he and made then he had Deshaun Watson and look what he did he was yeah. under, he even was better disgusting. he was even better you know so yep but injuries and old age caught up to him yep okay anything else you want to say about CD Lamb I feel like you had you had some stuff you wanted you wanted to shit on this guy I feel like <laughs> no I feel like I already did it you know it's... and uh, by the way I just want everyone to know I despise the Dallas Cowboys so the fact that I'm defending a Dallas Cowboy is kind of big. I don't I don't like CeeDee Lamb either. I'm just going to be honest. I'm not a CeeDee Lamb fan. But to say that, in my opinion, to say that he's not top 10 is a little crazy. It's a little crazy. 
And to say that Chris Godwin's better, which would put him way further out. Because if, if you say Chris Godwin's better and also not top 10, that means CeeDee Lamb's not top 15 in your brain. I have him top 15. So you have Moore, McLaurin, Lam, uh, Godwin, Lamb, and then a 15th guy? Yeah, I have Lamb at 15. Who do you exactly have at 14? At and who do you have at 10? Because I had well, we gave off those six. So I, after, so after those six guys. Because I like, I like, I like Brandon Ayuk too. I think Brandon Ayuk's better than CD Lamb. You think the second receiver on, or yeah. third? You think the third option, second receiver on the Niners, is better than the number one on the Cowboys? Brandon Ayuk can easily be a number one anywhere. The one thing I will give you on CD Lamb is I'd rather have CD Lamb over Deontay Johnson. Oh, absolutely. Which, I'll give you that. You Deontay know? Johnson's not even top 25. And I like Deontay. I actually am a fan of Deontay Johnson. But that's not the kind of receiver he is. Yeah. He's like a Jacoby Myers. He's 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 not a number one. But. Yeah. So, okay. Six, Stephon Diggs. Seven, DK Metcalf. Something, uh, something like that. Man, I just had it, too. That's okay. We're just talking about it. I just so Jamar Chase, it. Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, Mike Evans, Mike Evans, Coop, uh, DK Metcalf. Yes or no? Yeah, DK. AJ Brown. Yes. So you're at nine. I like DeAndre Hopkins. He's not not anymore. Well, I'm not saying him at ten, but I like DeAndre Hopkins. Is that who you have at 14 then? Yeah, that's who I have at 14. Okay. So then, where's 10? I'm Amon Ross St. Brown? I like Amon Ra. I really do. I do like Amon Ra. It's tough too because... Because it's not in order, but it's just like the receivers that are yeah. coming like off my head. Yeah. Devontae Smith. I don't like Devontae Smith. I'm not a huge Devontae Smith fan either. Either. Um, it's it's just tough. So you're gonna put Amon Ra at ten then? Yeah, I would put Amon Ra at ten. Okay, so then eleven you have McLaurin. Yeah. Twelve you have DJ Moore. Yeah. Thirteen you have Godwin. Fourteen you have. I forgot who we just put, said. Put Hopkins at thirteen. Godwin. Thirteen you have. Hopkins, 14, you have Godwin, 15, you have Lamb. Yeah. That's crazy. That's Lamb just... is better than all four of those guys ahead of him. Nah, he's not. He's he's not. I think he is. He's better than DeAndre Hopkins if, now. If CD... Are we going all time? No. Then He's better than DeAndre if, Hopkins now. If C.D. Lamb was on a different team, nobody would talk about He'd him. He'd be better. Nobody would talk what about team? him. What any, team? Any other just team. Just pick a team. Uh, Giants. He'd be worse because their quarterback sucks. But his, I I I think Daniel Jones is better than Dak Prescott. They're the same. Yeah, but I think Daniel Jones is better because he has like a better arm and stuff. He can actually move, make plays. Well, then okay, if you think that, then C.D. Lamb would be better then. No, nobody He'd be would better talk on about the Giants. Him. Nobody would talk about him. It's just like look. Nobody talks about Amon Ross St. Brown because he's on the Lions. And Jared Goff is throwing him the ball. Which, Jared Goff's having an I talk about Amon Ross St. Brown all the time. But a lot of people don't. Everybody's like, oh, like 
dude, the Cowboys could get sh- blown out. But and it the does whole, help him that he's on the Cowboys. And the whole like everybody would be talking about that. It's like, look, like week what week two or week three when the Dolphins scored seventy points, nobody cared because Taylor Swift showed up because like the the names, you know, that's like literally like Terry McLaurin can like score like five touchdowns this next game, and like C.D. Lamb could like make like a one-handed catch, and everybody that whole week would be talking about C.D. Lamb making the one-handed catch because he's on the Cowboys. That's true. You know I don't what think, I mean? I don't think that means he's overrated. I, th- I think so. I mean, meaning in terms of, that does make him overrated, but I meant like... I think if he, like as a receiver... I, I meant by that, team. I meant like that doesn't make him not top 10 just because he has talked about more for playing on the Cowboys. That's just but, how the Cowboys are. That's why I despise the Cowboys. It's not. Do you remember when Dak Prescott came into the league and everyone thought he was the best quarterback to ever play the game of football for like two weeks? Yeah. Yeah, I can't stand the Cowboys. Yeah. But now, now everybody's like on deck. Like, oh, was he really even that good? That's how I feel with C.D. Lamb. Was he really that good? Dude, he's twenty four. He's twenty four years old he's and still, he's still getting better. He's still young. It's. He has, like I said, he has the potential, but I don't think he's there yet. I, I don't know. I, don't I guess I guess yet. we're just going to disagree. I have him at 10. You have him at 15. It's not that far off, but I just think he's better than the four guys you have ahead of him. And he's not much better than McLaurin. And he's not much better than DJ Moore, but he is better, in my opinion. But anyways... Agree to disagree. Yeah, I guess we're That's just going to have to. That's why we have to. this podcast. I guess we're just going to have to. We <laughs> talked about that for a very long time, too, which is good, but... I know what you want to talk about next. I know what you want to talk about next. And just before that, I want to, I just want to say, I, I, I want to go back to the receiver thing because we forgot Keenan Allen. Yeah. Oh, that is so true. I knew I was forgetting someone. Uh, Keenan Allen is better than Chris Godwin. Keenan Allen is better than... C.D. Lamb. D, DeAndre Hopkins. See? Uh, see? This work is hard. <laughs> Keenan Allen and CeeDee Lamb are such different receivers. They're so they play so much different from each other. <sighs> we'll, we'll, we'll move on on that. <laughs> uh, I might have to. I might have just eaten all my words right now. Let's go find out. Hang on. No, I have to figure this out because if I have to take back a take, I have to take it back now. I'm not a huge Keenan Allen fan anymore. Damn. <laughs> I mean, CeeDee Lamb had more touchdowns last year than Keenan Allen did ever in his career in a single season. I don't know if that means anything. But, but he also probably played less games. Who's he? Keenan Allen. He had 104 catches, then 2019, 100 catches, 106 catches. I mean, he's they're the same player. It's so There's so many receivers that are so similar to each other. They're the same receiver. Moving on. It's, it's we crazy. We got to move on. We got to move on from that. 107 catches, they're the same. He had 107 <laughs> catches for like 200 more yards, though. They're the same receiver, dude. They're in that same round, 10 to 15. That's where they are. That's where all those guys are. I have just happen to have CD Lamb at ten because he's young, and I just think he has more upside. I just think that that's where you, I can't I can't put him below it right now. Anyway, let's move on to Justin Herbert. How much he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I know that you said you wanted to talk about it, so I'll let you talk about it first, but I do have a, th- a, a theory on why Herbert might be how he is right now. When I look at Justin Herbert, right, I like Justin Herbert coming out of college. I originally thought he was going to go to the Giants, to be honest with you, but he went back to school for that year. Justin Herbert reminds me of a young, young, young Philip Rivers, and since he's on the Chargers, he's going to waste his talent there. He's he's not going to be able to move up or down. We saw it with LT when LT was on the Chargers. We saw it with Antonio Gates when Antonio Gates was on the Chargers. They're not, like, Herbert's not going to win a Super Bowl with this team. He's not going to win a Super Bowl with this organization. The Chargers are probably one of the cheapest franchises in the NFL right now. And the fact that is they're not getting him help is kind of like crazy to me so i feel like the fact that he signed that contract was like the charger safety blanket like yes now you really can't go anywhere for what three more years if like herbert should just like move on he really should if justin herbert was on a different team like if justin herbert was on the patriots whole different story whole different story you know it's like Justin Herbert has a potential. He's just wasting it on a team that doesn't work for him at all. That's just my opinion. Like, I was big on Justin Herbert, too, and I still am. He's just not He's not living up to the expectation at all. He's kind of like I'd rather probably have Trevor Lawrence over him right now like for like the young ones i'm a huge trevor lawrence fan but no i just don't i just don't see that um that could also be the difference in weapons but i just think i just think herbert has a better arm however herbert does overthrow keenan allen a lot i don't know i'm a big fan of both of these quarterbacks i like both of these guys a lot but in terms of the justin justin herbert thing if he was on a different team it might make a difference but but not because of the personnel here's why how was Justin Herbert his his rookie season when he won Offensive Rookie of the Year? He's pretty well, good. Well, he was good. He won Offensive he was, Rookie he was of the Year. Very good, right? Yeah. Anthony Lynn was his coach. What has happened ever since Brandon Staley took over? Oh, garbage. He's every, gotten worse every year. Everybody knows Brandon Staley sucks. I think. However, he's Kellen Moore as his offensive coordinator this year, so he should be a little bit better. Well, but well, you can't really bag him on like the coordinators because every year he's had a different offensive coordinator. So it's he's had a different hard... offensive coordinator, and he's had a horrible head coach. It's hard. He to threw adapt. for five thousand yards with Brandon Staley as his coach in twenty twenty one, and thirty eight touchdowns. But who was his offensive coordinator? I'm not sure. I don't. You know, I'm not really. Oh, me neither. Looking at the Chargers like that. <laughs> two thousand twenty one. Michael Lombardi, I think, or Joe Lombardi. I mean, Michael Lombardi worked for the Patriots. It's Joe Lombardi. Who was it in 2022? Was it still Joe Lombardi? Kellen. It was Kellen Moore last year, too. No, it wasn't. Yeah. Kellen Moore's this year. Yeah. I okay, think, whatever. I don't I care. Think, I think Kellen Moore was calling the... I mean, not Kellen Moore. Brandon Staley was calling he might the have plays been. last year then. It doesn't matter. Either way, it doesn't matter because... He threw for 5,000 yards with Brandon Staley as his head coach and 38 touchdowns. Then last year, Brandon Staley got it worse. And, 
and he he had the worst year of his career. He's just gotten worse under Brandon Staley. He's just gotten worse. He looked so good his rookie. I almost said his freshman year. <laughs> his rookie season. Um, he looked so good his rookie season, and and he. I just think the coaching change, the or the coordinator change, it's just messed with him. However, also twenty twenty was there was no fans. Yeah, that could also take play into why he was a little bit better. No fans, easier to play with in front of an empty stadium. You know, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I just, I just, I just think. I think he just needs a like. He just needs a change of scenery. If he just was on a different team, be so much better. So I, much better. I just, I, I don't know what it is. I think if Justin I think Herbert, it's a Brandon Staley problem. If Justin Herbert was on the Dallas Cowboys, right? You know how much I hate the Cowboys. But if Justin Herbert was on the Dallas Cowboys, right? Like if they just traded for him right now, I would literally go and bet $500 on the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl if Justin Herbert was the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. So do you think Justin Herbert's overrated or you think it's the situation? It's the situation. I agree. It's the situation. If he's like, same thing with Phillip Rivers. What if he goes on the Dolphins? Oh, if Justin Herbert was on the oh, Dolphins, so good, they'd be that, so good. That they would even be better, you know. One hundred percent. It's the situation. We, the thing in sports is sometimes players are too loyal to the wrong organizations. That's like Philip Rivers was so loyal to the Chargers for what? For what? Yeah, I like wasting Phillip. talent. I was a big Philip Rivers fan. I have a big they, Philip Rivers fan. They wasted Ladanian Tomlinson's career, in my opinion. Top five running back of all time, though. They wasted it, though. He could have been top three if he won a Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, they don't. They. Uh, it's like Damian Lillard when he kept backing up the Blazers for, what, like eight to ten years, and he finally got traded. But it's too late. It's too late. It's, yeah, some people are so loyal to the wrong organization. Now, don't get me wrong. This is this is not football no more. But like Tim Duncan, he was so loyal to the Spurs, but the Spurs helped him. The Spurs won championships with him. They built around him. They complemented his great skills, even though they were fundamentals. But he was great at the fundamentals. Don't ever talk that about Tim Duncan. That means. I'm not. He was just missed the fundamentals. He he was a he was, he was a boring player. Don't get me wrong. He was boring except when he was getting 75 blocks a game. Yeah, but but he was loyal to the right organization. Tom Brady was quote unquote loyal to yeah, the they Patriots. Yeah, loyal to him though. Yeah, he was quote unquote loyal to the Patriots for over twenty years, and they won multiple Super Bowls. You know, oh, I think six, if, I'm, if I remember correctly. I mean, I don't well, know exactly well, how many it was. Well, who's counting? Kidding, obviously. Well, who's counting? So, but like, if Herbert was like on the Cowboys or was on a different team with like potential, like if Justin Herbert was on the Jets, the Jets would be crazy good. Yeah. It's th- but he needs a different team. But the Chargers are a good team. They they They're have elite they have elite weapons though. They're n- you know what I mean? It's tough. It's the coaching. It's the coaching, even, I think. Even their defense has like all the like all Khalil names. Mack's such a stud. They have names, but they don't do nothing. It's they the have coaching. They have like no chemistry. 
You it's know? the coaching and the fact there's like a stench to playing in the Chargers. There's like a stench that you that comes with. They're the they're uh, the version of the AFC Lions. They really are because Lions before like they're a little this better year than the Lions though. Well, before this year and last year, the Lions were always known for blowing games, just like the Chargers. That's why the Chargers are the AFC AFC Lions because they're always blowing games. Yeah. So many games they blow. What well, you don't even have to go far. Look at last year, twenty-seven nothing, and they lost. Trevor Lawrence, baby, that's true. Coaching, it's coaching. In it my is opinion. coaching. It's coaching in that situation. But I'm with you. I think Justin Herbert is in a bad situation. I think he needs to get out of there, and I think he's not overrated. But he has been. He needs to improve. I know because it's the situation he's in. So he has to be able to play in the situation that he's in if he wants to get the respect that he should be getting. So either way, it's both. He needs to get. He needs to be able to improve in this situation, and he also needs to be able to find a way to get out at some point. But that being said, we are way shorter on time this episode by this point than I thought we were going to be. So I'm not going to go through the whole schedule this week. I think let's just pick our upsets and our locks. My upset lost and my lock lost. Mine did too. My lock was the Niners. They my, lost. My lock was the Eagles. My upset was the Bucks. They lost. My my upset was the Patriots. Yeah, that's tough. Told you not to pick the Patriots. But hey, I'm it, five and five because we started this in week two. I think I'm six and four. You should be. That sounds right. I'll I'll double check. I'll go through the back through the pods and check. But yeah, I'm five and five. So. Last segment of the day, before we talk a little bit of baseball, just a smidge, not too much baseball, but a little bit because some cool stuff is going on. Um, and I want to talk about the Celtics preseason a little smidgy bit. We can't talk too long. It's already at an hour, but I mean, it's not on like any cap. I just like to keep it under an hour and a half just to be consistent for now. If we end up being able to talk longer, we will. But my lock this week is Bills over Patriots, and my upsets Lions over Ravens. That's very interesting. Um, I just think the Bills are going to absolutely shellack the Patriots. They're eight and a half point favorites. They opened at nine and a half. Um, they're minus. What is this? Oh, this is all the different ones. So they're, if you go to DraftKings, they're minus nine. On consensus, they're minus eight and a half. And in another book, they're minus eight and a half, minus eight and a half, minus eight. Mostly minus eight and a half. They're minus nine in DraftKings. So if you want them, if you think Patriots are going to cover the spread of nine, go to DraftKings. So on that note, they're predicted to get crushed. They're going to get crushed. They're going to get absolutely murdered. Uh, I, I don't even care if the Bills haven't looked that good and they only barely beat the Giants. They're going to get murdered. My upset pick, however. Ravens are three three point favorites across the board. Opened at two and a half. Um, they're three point favorites across the board. I have the Lions winning that game. Um, that's my lock. The numbers plus three everywhere. So if your guys are betters, just take the plus three at any point. Any point if you think the Lions are going to cover that, uh, I would take the Lions plus three outright. So the personally, bill, but so, so the Bills is your lock and the Lions is your upset. I'm not a yeah, I'm not an expert better, so don't listen to me like it's religion and don't blame <laughs> me if you lose your bets. I've been taking baths lately. But 
<laughs> the Lions just—they're a good team. They're five and one. They're playing really, 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 really excellent football. And plus three just feels like a really weird line. I feel like that they're going to be able to—they're going to be able to win that game. That's definitely interesting because the Ravens are coming back from London too, so that time change and stuff like that. But yeah, they're coming back from London. And speaking of coming back from London, the Jaguars are coming back from two straight games in London, and they're playing on Thursday night. And maybe without Trevor Lawrence. True. That which is crazy to me. But so my lock is gonna be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the Falcons. I'm locking on a divisional game, which is kinda of crazy, but I think the Bucks are gonna beat the Falcons. And my upset is gonna be the Colts over the Browns. Interesting pick. Interesting pick. Colts are plus two. Browns are favored by two, two and a half, depending on the line, uh, depending on the book that you go to. Um, I like it. Who was your lock? Um, oh my god! Oh, the Bucks. The Bucks over the Falcons. Falcons. I was like, where is it? <laughs> uh, Bucks over the Falcons. Okay, that's a good lock. They're at home. I like it. All right. So I'm five and five, David six and four. We're gonna see, we'll see what happens. Um, don't want to spend too much time. The schedule's kind of kind of mid this week, so we're not gonna go through every game this week. Um, let's talk about some baseball for a little bit. The Phillies are winning the World Series. I'm sorry, the Phillies are incredible. That stadium is incredible. That fan base. Is incredible. The fans suck. The fan base—they're Phillies fans, you know. Dude, yes, they suck. Have you heard? Have you just been listening every time they do anything? Yeah, it's the (laughs) loudest. It's incredible for baseball. It is so good for baseball. I'm all about the fans too. You know, fans matter. Fans like do things, but just because they're Philly fans, I just hate them because they're Philly people. That's true. (laughs) That is true, but I don't know. Phillies like the Phillies fans. Oh. Phillies fans deserve something good to happen to them. They've been bad for so long. Still Philadelphia fans. I, I know, but I they just, just... I just feel like they deserve it. I still think... Bryce my, Harper's so good. And the Yankees could have had him. It kills me every time. It kills me every time. He's got the one of the best high... I, I, his, his postseason stats are so incredible. He just tied Babe Ruth, too, as the only player in postseason history to have, like, 15 home runs under a certain amount of games. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Like like I said when we gave our World Series predictions, I said the Astros over the Phillies. And I know the Astros are down 2-0 to the Rangers. It's not happening two, two years in a row. They're not winning two years in a row against the same team. The Phillies are coming for blood, baby. I wouldn't count out the Astros, you know. They they do maybe, you know, they might cheat again. <laughs> Dusty Baker wouldn't cheat. <laughs> oh, he's too old school. But nah. But, but I mean like, there's really not, not a whole lot to talk about. Both teams are up two oh. Rangers and Phillies. I think the Astros are gonna make it to the World Series against the Phillies. I mean, the Astros lost two games at home. They'll bounce back. We'll see. That's tonight. So Astros will bounce back. We'll see. That's tonight. So we'll see. That's my David lock tonight. David thinks the Astros are going to win tonight. That's my lock tonight. I think Rangers lose. So there we go. I want to talk about basketball, but it's just preseason. So I decided that's, I'm probably not going to talk about basketball. Um, well, the big three, what? 
the other last game they actually did good for the Celtics, right? Chris Porzingis is a stud. I didn't, I, 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 I didn't get to watch him every game. I did not understand. I did not. I knew he was a good basketball player. This dude is incredible. He's so good. He was the first time when, like, when the Knicks drafted him, everybody booed him. Yeah, and, and they then when him he this played. one guy, did you see that video? of The guy recording, he goes, "They drafted Tingus Pingus." Yeah. <laughs> no, but and then when he was playing for the Knicks, he was like their best player. Like, he's if, so good. If he stays healthy, he can be like a good weapon. He's the missing piece. And you Drew think, Holiday is incredible. You think Porzingis is the missing piece? That the Celtics have had, yeah. They they so? haven't had a guy like that. They needed a guy like... The problem is they never had a third option who could score at will. Yeah. They, they needed a third option, like... Because they've had... They don't need a third option that, like, wants the ball all the time. They need a third option that, like, when is, he's, he's called upon... Like when he needs consistent. to be... He's consistent, and when he needs to be called upon to put up all the points, he can be. When games, because there are games that Tatum and Brown are just going to have slow games. Everyone has a slow game, right? There are games when they're, one of them's not going to be at their best, and that's when you need a guy like Kristaps Porzingis. Because Gordon Hayward needed the ball in his hands when we had him, and he got hurt. Kyrie, Tatum, Brown all needed the ball in their hands all at the same time. Kemba, they all need. So we had three guys fighting for options. Porzingis won't demand the ball, but when he has the ball, he'll make something happen. That's the kind of player we've needed. Him and Drew Holiday are the same kind of player. Those are the kind of players we've needed. Guys who will, who look to play their role, pass first, play defense first. Drew Holiday pass defense first, distribute to the big playmakers, and then Porzingis can clean up the mess. If if Tatum's shooting one for eight, okay, Porzingis, you take it, and he'll be able to score. Now we have three prolific scorers. Only of only two of them are ball dominant. Porzingis because he'll set screens. He'll play down low, he'll play up top, he'll shoot threes, he'll make plays, he'll get rebounds, putbacks. He'll he's a pretty good passer because he can see over everybody. Like he he's the kind of player we've needed. And he's like and he's like an Al Horford, but young and better. In terms of like he can distribute. He plays good defense. He's a way better defender than I thought he was. Yeah, he's actually he's actually a lot of people like always sleep on his defense, but I think he's a better defender than he actually is offensively. Oh, I don't know about go that far. But he's, he's he's a much much better defender than I thought he was, and I'm very pleased with the way Kristaps has been. I like his attitude. He wants to win. He wants he likes he he likes to play his role. I, I just I like Kristaps Porzingis. I'm very excited as long as he doesn't get into any uh, legal trouble. Well, I, I I don't think he will. Um, he he doesn't he seems like a quiet guy. Well, you know you don't remember the whole Knicks thing that happened. No, he was accused of like raping a girl. Oh, Jesus. and it like it like got. I don't know what happened. It just kind of fizzled. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I just. I'm hoping. <laughs> I, I, I'm assuming. I don't want to assume anything. I don't know what happened with that. I, I never even heard of that. I didn't. I never it, even got, heard it, got, of that. it got swept pretty quickly. It yeah. got re- settled pretty quickly. So I don't know what the story is with that. I'm not going to make any assumptions. But he didn't get in trouble for it. So I'm going to just say because he didn't get in trouble for it, I'm not going to worry about it. <laughs> don't do anything like that on the Celtics, and we should we should be set up pretty decently to go on a deep playoff run this year. So, so you think the Celtics are the best team in the East? I do. Um, I don't think they had the deepest team in the East. Um, it's, it's so tough because, like, looking at, like, the other guys on the roster, it's like, I don't know how, like, that's going to work. I don't want to <laughs> seem that I'm biased. I'm just, I just really do. I think, like, Drew Holiday and keeping Derek White, dude, I don't, Peyton Pritchard's been dropping 27 points. Yeah. Delano Banton looks like he can hit shots and play defense. We're going to be the best defensive team in the NBA. That's for sure. 
Everybody's playing defense right now. We have Delano Banton, O'Shea Brissett, Lamar Stevens, who are all defensive specialists. Jordan Walsh, defensive specialist. Tatum and Brown are playing extra defense. Where we're going to get hurt is when Luke Cornett comes in. When Luke Cornett comes in to play center, it's over. Like we're gonna get to- <laughs> we're gonna get seventy points dropped on his head. We just gotta hang on. We just gotta hang on him when he's not on the floor. But when Luke Cornett comes in, that's that's where our weakness is. Everyone else, I think our bench has been really solid so far. They all can they all can hit shots. Sfima Hiluk can knock some threes down. I don't know who that dude is. I had no clue who he was. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. I've heard that. I've only heard the name. I've only heard of his name. I've never watched him play. I was like, oh, this dude, good pickup. That dude can shoot. That dude can shoot. <laughs> but anyway, I don't want to talk too much about the Celtics based off of preseason because it's very, it very possibly could go super awry. Like they always do every year. Yeah. Right, well, well, we made the finals two years ago. Don't don't sleep. But you lost to the Warriors, a team that has four championships. It's not a da- It's not a bad loss. No. <laughs> it's not a bad loss. It's if we lost to like. It, it's a Boston thing. I feel like in the Garden every time. Bruins and Celtics. It's always. Look, last year, both Game 7s in the Garden. Yeah, there was a stench. Yeah. There was, was a stench there, but... Same old story. Yeah. Anyways, that's all I wanted to say about basketball and baseball. Yeah. Got nothing I, else. I agree with you on that, but... Go Suns! Go Celtics. <laughs> Alright, we'll see... Uh, we'll do a... Probably do a basketball special episode after the first week of the NBA season. We're going to do half football, half basketball, as opposed to set 95% football, if that's cool with you. That's once, great. Once the, f- the first week of the NBA season, once the first five or six games happen, or three or four three or four games happen. Depending on it. Depending on how long it is, we'll do a basketball special to talk about some stuff around uh, the NBA. Um, until then, I'll see you guys next week on episode, uh, episode eight of TD Podcast. See ya. See you guys.